The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. New allegations against Antonio Brown, Big Ben's season is over, and thumb surgery for Drew Brees. From Sports Illustrated, I'm Mitch Goldich, and this is MMQB News. Each and every weekday afternoon, we'll bring you the biggest news and most important stories from across the NFL. Here's what you need to know for Monday, September 16th. Yesterday, Antonio Brown caught four passes for 56 yards and a touchdown in his debut for the Patriots. Today, we lead the podcast with some new allegations against Brown, which were revealed in a detailed story by MMQB reporter Robert Klemko. Robert will now join us to discuss his story. Hi, Robert. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Very good. Good. Well, thanks for joining us here. So, first off, for those who haven't had a chance to read the story yet, can you walk listeners through some of the key points? What are the biggest things you uncovered here? You know, I I thought it was valuable because a lot of uh, the stuff that's out there about Brown is scattered to talk, to kind of put everything in one place in terms of all of these accusations and all these lawsuits and all these people that say he owes them money. Uh, and to also talk to those people and kind of get their story, because to read a lawsuit is one thing or, or see an Instagram post, but to kind of put it in the proper context and and learn about how their relationship with Brown started and how it ended. And if there's any sort of pattern there, that was interesting to me. In the course of that, we talked to a woman who was an artist that Brown had hired two years ago to paint a mural of himself uh, on his wall after he bought a painting for $700 that she had uh, donated to a charity, or he offered to buy the painting. And, uh, you know, for her to only discover that two days into it, um, you know, he was really interested in something else, and he approached her from behind, um, naked with a a handcloth covering his uh, genitals. And then when she did not want to uh, engage, uh, she... She went home, and then he decided to cut the project short, and then never paid the initial seven hundred dollars to the charity uh, for the first painting. So, just uh, kind of a summary of all of his bizarre behavior in the last three years, as alleged in all of these different lawsuits and and eyewitness accounts. Um, I think it was it was valuable, and it especially resonated with people to read it all in one place. Mm-hmm. And so, you spoke to her about that experience painting in his house. But for a story like this, what other kind of reporting did you do? You know, where did you go and how many people would you say you talked to? Oh, talked to about 25, 26 people. The first step really, you know, we started this on Monday uh, and uh, the first step was to start reaching out to attorneys uh, who had filed lawsuits on behalf of people who said Brown owed them money because we figured if there were a number of people out there like this, that they would then reach out to these um, attorneys uh, with more claims, and that was that was the case with all all four of the attorneys that we talked to. There was uh, lawsuits and pending litigation that these guys were all working on on behalf of new accusers. And uh, you'll see uh, over the next couple of weeks, I'm sure, even more names and even more charges um, against Brown from these people come out. So uh, once I did that, you know, I went to Pittsburgh, met with some of these people. 
uh, wanted to make sure I wasn't doing all of this over the phone. Um, and so I talked to uh, about half the people that you'll hear from in the story uh, in person. And uh, we did a lot of reading police reports, um, collecting lawsuits, filings, and and a lot of that uh, legwork, which um, Gary Gramling, uh, one of our editors at, at Sports Illustrated, does a tremendous job at. Mm-hmm. And so I know you have experience writing stories like this one, and sometimes sources don't want to open up or speak negatively about somebody. Um, you know, I mean, if it's in a police report, a lot of times it's out there already. But when you're talking to people, was it hard to pry anecdotes or information from some of these people who've been around Antonio Brown? Or did you find that people were really eager to talk to you about him? You know, I think some people were eager and, and other people were worried that what they say might um, jeopardize you know, their claim against Brown. Certainly, uh, you know, our unnamed source, uh, the young artist, um, took some convincing. But others were really eager to get it out there, um, especially, you know, people that felt like they'd been publicly wronged by Brown. You know, one thing that Brown has done is he's not just allegedly stiffed some of these people on the bill, but when they claim that he's done so, he trashes them on social media. And he did that with uh, chef Steph Tedeschi. So uh, people who were in that camp were very eager to talk about um, some of the things Brown, uh, they're alleging Brown did. Mm-hmm. So some of these are out there on social media. And, and you know, he's uh, talked about his relationships with some of these people. You mentioned at the very beginning that it was it's sort of been scattered, a lot of these stories. Um, but some of this is really new information. So why do you think a handful of these stories that you uh, brought to light, why hadn't they come to light yet before your story put a lot of them together? I think they had, um, and it just wasn't in the proper context. You know, I mean, there's just so much news about Brown every day. It's almost like Trump, uh, where there's a new Antonio Brown outrageous item, whether he posted something or he's accused of something, there's a new thing like every other day. And, you know, it's on TMZ, which uh, reliably, which, you know, a lot of people in sports don't really follow. So I think the important thing was to put it all into one place for the casual sports fan who um, doesn't keep up with all this stuff and they could sit down and really take it for all that it was worth. All right. Well, finally for you, Robert, what has the response been like to your story today? You know, it's been kind of overwhelming. I didn't, um, you know, just what we were just talking about. I didn't realize that all of this was such a revelation. Um, you know, I think the the bizarre factor is what's kind of driving attention to it, because it, some of these things are just so odd. You know, for somebody who's worth sixty nine million dollars or, or who has earned somewhere in that range in his career, uh, to not pay a $700 bill to a charity and steal a painting, you know, uh, to, to mistake a fish head left in a freezer by a chef as a mafia style mob death threat. It's just, some of it is just hard to believe. You know, if you wrote it, uh, into a baller script, they would reject it for being too on the nose. Yeah, I mean, you call it odd. We, we talked about the headlines. There's a lot in there we didn't even get to in, involving dead piranhas and farting on a doctor <laughs> and lots of other incredible details that you put together. So, Robert, thanks for joining us for a few minutes to talk about your story. And for everyone listening, you can go to SI.com to check out the whole thing, which I definitely recommend doing. So thank you, Robert. Thank you. The Steelers announced today that Ben Roethlisberger is out for the season. 
The elbow injury that forced him to exit their Week 2 loss to the Seahawks will require surgery. Roethlisberger has played in at least 12 games for Pittsburgh every year since his rookie season in 2004. Now the Steelers, who are already scuffling at 0-2, will count on Mason Rudolph to try and turn their season around. Rudolph was a third-round pick out of Oklahoma State in 2018, but he did not throw his first career pass until yesterday. Now he'll get the Week 3 start at San Francisco. And remember that the Steelers traded third-stringer Josh Dobbs to Jacksonville last week, so keep your eyes peeled for news as they likely bring in a new backup. Another former Super Bowl-winning QB is going to miss some significant time, too. Adam Schefter reports that Drew Brees is expected to have thumb surgery, which could keep him out for about six weeks. Brees had to leave yesterday's game against the Rams after his hand was crunched by Aaron Donald. The Saints are about as well-prepared as you can be here, as they made Teddy Bridgewater the league's highest-paid backup QB this offseason. They also have Taysom Hill, who has had some success running a handful of plays each game, and some fans would no doubt like to see him get more of an opportunity, too. The Saints lost yesterday's NFC title game rematch and fell to 1-1 on the season. They now have a couple tough games as they move forward without Breeze, at Seattle next week, and then a Sunday night home game against Dallas. That's the MMQB news for today. Subscribe and listen wherever you get your podcasts each and every weekday afternoon. For more NFL analysis, check out the MMQB NFL podcast and the MMQB on the web at si.com slash NFL.